Welcome to the Heart Song Entrepreneur Podcast, a show where we share practical business and legal tips, unconventional wisdom, and inspiring stories to help you get your business aligned with your vision. I'm your host, Shannon Vialba, business and intellectual property lawyer, serial entrepreneur, and holistic practitioner. Hello, hello, and welcome to this Heart Song Entrepreneur podcast episode. I'm here with my friends Stacy and Marcus Nargle, who help max out mompreneurs trapped in their to-do list crack the code to massive success through the pro-performance framework without working harder or sacrificing family time. They've proven their process through three decades of success helping thousands of people excel in business, do more of what they love, and establish health-positive family cultures. Together, together, Stacey and Marcus leveraged the best of modern science and Asian medicine to develop the optimal strategies that have been their unwavering foundation for accomplishing anything they've set their minds to, from adventuring across 55 plus countries. Wow, 65 plus countries. That's amazing. Scaling 20,000 feet peaks and diving 100 feet below the sea, starting multiple successful businesses and raising their two vivacious boys, Nico and Orion, who eat every vegetable they can find. Welcome, Mm -hmm. Cece and Marcus. Thank Thank you for having us, Shannon. We're excited to be here. You're both quite the pair. I just love your varied backgrounds and then the adventures that you have been on. And I know that being an entrepreneur is part of being an entrepreneur is having that resourcefulness and resilience and confidence to actually start a, a business. And what I love about you guys is that you are doing things that are way outside of your comfort zone that actually make you more successful entrepreneurs. I mean, I just, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background and how how these interesting things that you've done have actually helped you become better entrepreneurs. Well, Shannon, I guess that I would start by saying that both of us are pretty driven type A personalities. You know, in everything we do, uh, it's really an opportunity to discover what we're capable of. So we like to kind of surf those edges and push those edges to find out what we can do and to experience life in its myriad forms. And um, to be able to do that, you really need to be your best. Right. And so that has is what has inspired and driven us. Um, I'll say me. <laughs> you can put your part in. Um, really, uh, my whole life. It's like, what can I do? What am I capable of? Um, and so we've developed over the decades just a number of strategies that help us stay at our peak performance, so that we can get the most from life. And we like to help other people do that. And we live and walk our talk with our family. That's beautiful. So when you're talking about different strategies, like what are some strategies that you have used to actually make yourself be at your optimal? Well, we want to share five strategies with your audience today, with you all today. Um, And we focus mostly on diet and lifestyle habits. Uh, Those can increase your energy, increase your focus and your stamina so that when you get up, you feel like, wow, I can take on the day. And, you know, if you want to up-level your business or start a new business, that takes a ton of energy. And so having the strategies in place that make you feel confident that you will have the energy to follow through, you know, it's like driving a car. If you have to drive 300 miles across the state, but you're not sure if you have enough gas in your tank it's stressful and you may not commit to to getting there. If you're not sure you have the gas, you might not even start. So, yeah. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, you can have all your business strategies in place. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to be really flexible. Oftentimes you're wearing, I don't know, five or six or seven different hats and you're wearing a different, you, 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 oftentimes you're 
in a function that you didn't even know you were going to be in maybe three days before or a week before. And uh, if you're lucky enough to work with people like yourself, and you know, I come to the point where I get to trademarks, where I get to legal issues, which is not my background or not my expertise, you need to learn some of these types of things on your own in order to find the right people to support you and to work with and develop a relationship with and push your goals forward, or you need to learn them yourselves. And like Stacy said, all of those require you to be at your peak. If your battery is at 39%, all the business structures that you have, all the things, all the lists of things to do, very detailed written out can be wonderful. But if you can't execute, you're not going to be able to, you know, achieve the goals that you've set for yourself. And so the very first place I think that any of us need to start, whether we're an entrepreneur, whether we're a parent, whether we're working alone or we live alone, whether we work in a team and that team might be athletic related or corporate related or nonprofit related. If you're not at your peak performance, you are not going to be able to provide the best and the all that you possibly can. And that can lead to errors. It can lead to fatigue. It can lead to inefficiencies. It can lead to all kinds of issues that can be avoided by keeping yourself at your, in your maximal, you know, health and well-being. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm sure you have worked out with, you have worked with a lot of people who have suffered from burnout, like I have. And, you know, what are, what are some things that you can suggest that when people are experiencing that type of overwhelm, you know, to reset yourself, you know, what, what would you suggest that, if somebody is listening here that they're like, I just, I'm, I'm starting over just like I'm starting over, you know, <laughs> you, know yeah. sometimes you need a reset. And, you know, one of the things that I like to focus on is how can I reset my health? Because if I don't have my health and I'm a cancer survivor, so if I don't have my health, then I've seen how everything else just kind of, you know, goes through the wayside. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, the first thing that you can do to deal with overwhelm, because burnout is an aspect of overwhelm, is to get organized. Like the foundation, and I love that you use the word reset, because that implies starting anew with some new patterns and new habits. And getting a strong foundation for the strategies that you use to maintain your health to uh, procure the ingredients to produce healthy meals, to have those healthy recipes at your fingertips, um, you know, to have habits in place that make your self-care not something extra that you do at the spa once a month, but something that you're doing several times a day that just takes a couple minutes here and there. Getting those foundational strategies in place is absolutely key because without them, it's sort of like, you know, going into your business without a business plan. You know, where are you going to go? Oh, well, I'll eat carrots today. Or gosh, maybe I'll have you know, an acai bowl today. But you don't have a plan. You're never going to make progress, even though you might have fun, you know, cruising around, you know, at the same level. But if you're an entrepreneur, you want to grow your business. You want to be your best. You want to impact more people. You have to set foundation strategies. And you have to have, it's not a business plan. It's a health plan, um, which informs and supports your business plan. It's a proactive health plan, too, because I think oftentimes when we're in overwhelm or we're, you know, headed towards burnout or in some aspect of it, we tend to be in reactive mode. And so I'm looking for the biggest fire that I need to put out first. And, you know, I my, the, my circumstances are determining what my actions are, as opposed to me consciously saying, I know this is the action and the step that I need to take. And that's a very, you know, it's the 180 degree uh, turnaround. And, you know, you need the reset sometimes in order to get back to a proactive way of thinking, because it's those proactive steps, like Stacy said, you know, five minutes here, 15 minutes here, making sure that you're eating properly. You know, some of the other things that we'll talk about, um, it's making sure that you're doing those before you get to the burnout and before you get to the time where you're in, your, you're in desperation and you really need it that, um, you know, keeps you moving in the right direction of achieving your goals. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I like what you've been saying. I mean, and I, and how I look at it is like, if, even if it's something that you start small, you know, and I even had this conversation with myself today. I'm like, you're trying to change too many things at once. 
Let's just focus on something small. And it was like, oh, well, what's the easiest thing that I can do? Drink more water. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, I will drink more water. And what's the second thing I can do? Oh, plan my meals. Make sure I walk my dog three times a day instead of just twice. I mean, just, and, mm-hmm. and then up my meditations. Like I, I, I decided to increase my meditations from 25 minutes to 45 minutes. And now I'm at an hour and I'm like, wow, like these, just these small changes are making a huge difference now in my energy level, as well as my perspective. And I love how you're saying proactive because I've been very proactive, especially like, and when I think that when you're building a business, according to your heart song, you want to be proactive because this is something that you're passionate about, that you really want to succeed. And so having being a proactive approach is the same thing with being proactive towards your legal, you know, being a proactive towards your health makes your life easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, good on you. You're it's exactly those, those foundational, they seem small, but they're huge. And over time, every day with repetition and with, with awareness and, and consciousness around doing it, they're life changing. And, and really, it's again, it's proactively saying, I'm going to do these every day, as opposed to reactively saying, there's a huge fire burning over the uh, over there. So the dog is not getting walked for the third time today. And I definitely don't have time for meditation. And geez, I forgot all about water at 1130 this morning. <laughs> But I really need to go put that fire out over there. And, you know, you're really you're you're setting yourself up for a very challenging, you know, way of being. Um, And that reactive situation really can uh, be avoided or reset through coming up with new foundations and new strategies. And I think another one that's important for us, especially, is food and eating across a broad range of fruits and vegetables or eating across the rainbow, as people might say. And ensuring that we do that consciously and, and we eat a plant-based diet. So we take very close care with uh, making sure that we're getting the proper vitamins and minerals and that we have the proper level of protein and, you know, that we, we, we test ourselves on a regular basis to make sure that we're doing the right things. But, but even that small strategies, you know, you can't eat what you don't have in your pantry. You can't eat what you don't see in your refrigerator. And so where the step before that is the grocery store or the market or the farmer's market or wherever you choose to shop and and, uh, procure your food, making sure that you're choosing the things that, again, are across a broad range of fruits and vegetables, a broad range of colors that you're eating um, broadly ensures that you're getting the proper level of nutrition, vitamins, minerals, proteins that you need in order for your body to perform at its maximum level. And all of that then feeds your meditation. It feeds everything that you do in your business. It feeds your emotional state of being, which then informs all of your relationships that you have with anybody that you interact. And so if the foods, and we we all like to indulge from time to time and things that are marginally good for us or maybe really bad for us too, but we need to make sure that those things are done consciously and in a way that is over the long term, not necessarily going to impact our health to keep us from achieving our goals. And so when you open the refrigerator or when you open the pantry, if what is in there is what's going to serve you, you've taken a huge step towards ensuring that you're going to keep yourself charged up in the best way possible. Yeah. And I, and, and how I, what I've also learned is when I was studying, um, um, Ayurveda is that, you know, you want to consider your vibration, like the vibration of the foods. Absolutely. If you're a high vibration entrepreneur, like we are, then you're going to be very conscientious of if I'm eating these low vibration foods, no wonder I don't feel well. How can I perform better in my business if I'm eating low vibration foods and the rainbow leading across the rainbow that actually makes me happy because I'm like, oh, look at all these colors here because I love color. I mean, like, I know you can't see really, but <laughs> I love it. Not <laughs> I mean, love but, but just seeing those colorful foods, they just make me happy, you yeah. Know? And and 
And it, I love how you uh, have incorporated this all into your business too. It's like color and, and vibration and optimization. And I love also, I want to go, I want to talk a little bit more now about um, how you have traveled so much and you have you know, experienced all these things, including now you're living in Ecuador. I mean, that's fantastic. What a, what an awesome experience. I mean, like, like, I love, like, you're like epitomizing, like, to me, like, heart song entrepreneurs, because not only are you using the, your heart-centered business and you're helping others, but you're also experiencing this for yourselves and you're optimizing the actual experience of life. And, you know, when I had the cancer, that was, that's actually on my list of things to do. I said, you know, like, I'm not just going to be living here just to pay bills and, and make money and just sort of just kind of lull through life. Like I want to experience things. So I definitely, I, I just, you guys inspire me (laughs) because of of what you've been doing. And, and so what has, you know, what, what, when you first decided to live abroad, um, how did you come to that decision? Well, for this time living abroad, because we have lived in different countries around the world for various periods of time. Um, yeah, I'm talking about your initial, is, like taking that first initial step to living abroad. Oh, well, you did that. <laughs> you know, for me, my first job out of college, I was a management consultant in the biotech industry. And so I worked in Manhattan and New York City, and uh, we worked with large multinational corporations like Pfizer and Bristol-Myers Squibb, some of these have all disappeared or merged and down to, you know, a couple of scientists in a lab with an interesting technology. Um, And this was in the early 90s. Uh, And biotech had been around for about 10 years. And so uh, Western Europe was about 10 years behind the United States with regard to um, some of the types of deals and licensing and just the application and uptake, if you will, of, of biotech overall in the healthcare industry. And so we had an increasing number of Western European clients in Finland, Italy, in England, Spain, Germany, uh, and we established an office over there. So I went over with one other individual and we built an office of 18 people um, in a reasonably short period of time. But my first motivation was really work-related in corporate America that took me to Western Europe and living in London, but traveling all throughout Western Europe. And it was exciting. I was young and I had loads of energy and um, met lots of really interesting, super successful, highly motivated, super intelligent people that really were, you know, trying to make a difference with with technology and and, and health in people's lives. And so um, that's what took me overseas initially. Um, and once that happened, I've never stopped. <laughs> um, it's been a it's been a fun. There have been other reasons, both business, but climbing Mount Kilimanjaro took me to Africa, and wanting to scuba dive took me to Australia and the Great Barrier Reef. And so, individual personal goals that I had, be them business related or personal related, or um, are also some of the motiv- motivating factors to go, you know, have a look at what's going on in other parts of the world. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely listening to your heart song there. And Stacy, how about you? Well, you know, I remember as a child, I'd go to the autumn fair and I would, I would save up my money so that I could go and I could buy stamps from around the world. Like no one in my family had a passport. Hardly anybody even left the state. So I don't know how I, how this happened to me. But I was always fascinated with things from seemed like exotic places around the world. And so, you know, I did some smaller travels, but then I had an opportunity where I could take my daughter and get out of the US. And we moved to Indonesia. We went for a visit. And then the next year we went and we moved and stayed for a year. And, you know, I, I wanted to share with her some part of the world that was radically different than the one that she had grown up in. And so I chose a culture that was uh, primarily Buddhist, um, you know, in Bali. And, you know, it, it had a lot, it had animism and um, 
stories from India. Like it was, it was a mishmash of a lot of things woven together, Hindi exactly. And it was a totally different ecology. Uh, we both are crazy about nature. It really is nature fills our tanks, wild nature. Um, and I just, I wanted her to have that experience of living somewhere else, experiencing something entirely different. So that was my motivation for moving somewhere for an extended period of time, rather than just, you know, a little trip here and there. We call them, and it might not be politically correct, um, but with the kindest uh, intention, we call them minority experiences. Um, and with the boys, they were both born in Guatemala, and they were born in a Mayan Pueblo with Sutu Hill Mayans, and they were two of 20 white people out of about 2,500 Sutu Hill speaking Mayans. And so they were they were unique. And we would go to the market and buy fruits and vegetables, and I'd hand the baby off to you know one of the lovely ladies, and he would get passed around through 20 different people while I, you know, went shopping in the market and they were all, you know, absolutely mesmerized that they got to, you know, have like this white baby that looked, you know, light skin, blue eyes, blonde hair, the antithesis of how, of their physical presentation. And then, you know, we moved back to Washington state to an island that we lived where practically everybody was white. You know, maybe 10% of the island was of ethnic diversity. We'll just say Western European, a few Eastern Europeans, some El Salvadorians, but everybody pretty much looked like they did. And there's, there's a lot of value in having both of those experiences. And oftentimes we go through life only having one of those experiences and under, trying to understand other people and find compassion and create empathy and understand how we can, you know, come together and try to find some solutions to the fragile world that we live in right now that's increasingly challenged. It's really important to be able to relate to people that on the surface don't look like you, but to have the recognition that we're all more infinitely more similar than we are different. We all have two eyes and two arms and two legs. We all need water. We all need oxygen. And you know, we you could go through an endless list, and really the list of similarities is so much greater than the list of dissimilarities. And that's a powerful lesson that I think you can only get through international travel. I mean, you can maybe go live in a big city like New York City or London, and there's people from all over the world, and, and that's a proxy for that experience. But actually going and walking in somebody's shoes and living in their concrete brick house and you know, dealing with the same water problems that they have really is an amazingly powerful education that you cannot find in a university, you cannot find in a textbook or an online course or in any other place than getting out in the world and rubbing up against the skin of the human mosaic to see that we're all really the same thing, want the same things out of life. And and that's a very powerful lesson. So we, we that, that's a huge motivator in addition to looking for as much of the disappearing wild nature yeah. um, as we can uh, that, you know, has motivated how we've created our lives and how we've raised our kids as well. Yeah, I, I love that. As someone who has lived in multiple countries as well, I totally agree and with you with what you have said. And what I have found is that those experiences, like speaking three languages, living in other countries, and having a, a Hispanic culture of my own with my family has really helped shape me with my perspectives on things. But it also has helped me be a better entrepreneur, you know, because you understand, you know, somebody's, you know, somebody might be struggling with something. And then you start thinking about, you know, getting to know them and getting to know their background a little bit. And you feel like you're opening your mind up to a different perspective. And that's why I think that, you know, traveling is such a huge, huge thing to do, especially living in other countries. And that some people not might not be able to do that, but, you know, they're still, they're still able to like teach themselves how to be more open and how to be more understanding, more empathetic. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. I don't, you know, we don't all maybe have the resources to travel or, but there's all kinds of things that you can still do. And you suggested one of the best ones, I think you don't need to go anywhere to learn another language. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's an amazing heart opening activity that really helps you, you know, intellectually, emotionally, and physically really at the deepest level of your body, understand where other people come from. And you don't have to leave your house to do that. 
I mean, it would be helpful if you did, right? But learning another language is an, is an amazing thing to do. Um, yeah, because also when you're learning another language, you're like, oh, wait, I want to learn about, say you're learning, like I'm learning Italian on Duolingo because it has been on my bucket list and I already speak Spanish and French and I'm like, I might as well learn Italian. And it makes me like want to go and look at you know, recipes, like Italian recipes in Italian, or like just do a search on Italian sports or you know, anything else. And it, that's a way to broaden your mind. And like as entrepreneurs, we're always looking for ways that we can be better. And we're always looking at same thing. We're heading back to, you know, optimal health. Mm -hmm. All goes together. And it all comes back down to your heart song, you know, your passion. Life is passionate, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, you're passionate for sure. Passionate. Real motivated to keep learning. I mean, the, right. you know, as an entrepreneur, there's no possible way you could know everything you need to know in order to do the thing that you're trying to do. You learn along the way, you respond, you react. You know, it's not all proactive because things come up that you couldn't possibly see, but that open-mindedness towards learning, that desire, that motivation, I mean, it's what brought us to Ecuador. I mean, why did we come to Ecuador? Well, there is a place that is called the Valley of Longevity, where, um, gosh, I think it was in the 90s, a group of people from Harvard had come because they had heard that there were so many people who were healthy and vibrant and over 100 years old. And they wanted to come study them and find out how they did that. And subsequently, there uh, has been a collection of information from cultures around the world, of cultures that have the longest lived healthiest people, and they call these places the blue zones. And so in Japan, there is a blue zone. In Italy, um, the one in Ecuador was demoted from a blue zone because they realized that as in a lot of cultures around the world, the people don't actually know when they were born. When it's a hundred years ago, you know, you know, you weren't keeping track on the calendar. You didn't have it printed. You didn't have it online. You know, so anyway, there was some confusion about that and church records helped set it straight for them. But there are these blue zones around the country. And this is another way to travel is to eat the foods that the people in those blue zones eat. And there are some really basic tenets. Number one, they eat mostly what's grown within 10 miles of where they live. So eating local foods, talk about vibration, the energy that we get from a food that's been recently harvested and hasn't had to travel around the world or be fumigated or anything else, especially if it can be grown um, organically is just awesome. That's some seriously high vibe food. Um, they also eat beans. They eat a cup of beans every day, actually, Beans legumes are the number one longevity food worldwide. Oh, wow. It doesn't matter where you are in any of these blue zones. The people who are the longest lived, healthiest people, they eat about a cup of beans every single day. Wow. Um, they exercise, they walk places um, up and down. They have close connections with uh, their community and their family. They go for deep, long-term connections, not superficial, twittery things, um, but really deep, long-term connections, which, you know, as entrepreneurs, I think is a quality that's so important to develop in the face of our social media online world. And, you know, we're location independent, so our computer is our window to the world and to our clients. Um, and developing deep relationships when you have everything on the surface um, is a challenge and something that when entrepreneurs do that, it can be something that feeds them deeply. So those blue zones, you can eat Italian food is on that blue zone and Japanese food is in a blue zone. And actually Loma, Loma, Loma Linda, California is on a blue zone. And the reason why is that there are a lot of Adventists, Seventh-day Adventists in that area, and they are all vegetarian. And they have chosen a pretty healthy lifestyle. Uh, and they are incredibly long-lived and very healthy and active to the end. So eating around the world is something that we love to do. And um, we create recipes. We create high-performance recipes. 
not all of them are high performance. Some are just darn delicious. Um, many of them are high performance, but we eat from around the world, not just the rainbow, not just at least 30 different foods every week, but from multiple cultures around the world. Yeah, I want to eat at your table. <laughs> I'd love to have Good to have that happen, Shannon. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to go someday. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming to Ecuador because I. Ha, it's one of the few countries in South America that I ha haven't really spent a lot of time in because um, my family's from Colombia and then we lived in Colombia and Venezuela mm -hmm. and we traveled around. But I, I love what you were saying about how, you know, they're, they're eating locally and the vibration. And I, I noticed that I was just in Colombia in January. And when I came back, I was like, mm man, it's not the same here. It really isn't like, I can't just, I mean, granted I live in Ohio. So I mean, there's a lot of like local foods, which is great, but it's not the same. Like if I can go to Columbia and just be like, there's people everywhere, there's local foods everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's and awesome. I think, you know, another part too about the blue zones is it's not only what they're doing that are, let's just call them key success factors, but it's what they're not doing too. Um, and one of the things that they're not doing and is eating a lot of meat. You know, they consider meat to be a condiment. It's not the center of their plate. It's not three times a day. Um, it's really not something that is, uh, uh, a large portion of their diet. And the meat that they are eating, they're usually catching in the sea. These seven places mostly are all near water too. Um, or it's, again, like Stacy said, it's local meat that's been grown, raised, free range, you know, the highest vibration you can get before you go kill the animal and eat it, right? Um, but they're not, it's again, it's more of a condiment. It's a more of a supplement to their diet as opposed to the main focus that we have in the United States. And if you look at the rates of heart disease, if you look at the rates of uh, obesity, diabetes, uh, I, practically any disease cancer, um, the rates in these blue zones are much, much lower than in places where we typically would have meat or protein as the primary focus for what we're putting into our bodies. And so it's another interesting part of the blue zone research that has come out for what their key success factors are for being healthy. And it's actually 95% of their diet is plant sourced. And so then again, the meat that they are eating is not processed red yeah. meat, which, you know, by the national, uh, sorry, by the um, World Health Organization has been classified as a category one carcinogen, just like cigarettes, hot dogs and hamburgers have the same probability of causing cancer as smoking cigarettes. Wow. And that's not something that's widely publicized in most places. But, you know, if you look at processed food overall, and, I, and that, that holds true for all of these kind of replacement meats that are coming out today, and even any kind of processed food, if you look at these cultures in the blue zone, they are really at the opposite end of the spectrum from processed food. That's not a, a you know a way that you you don't want the majority of your calories or even a small portion of your calories, if at all possible, coming from processed food. Yeah, I, I agree. My son is actually allergic to legumes, which is unfortunate. So he is on the meat train, but he does tend to eat a lot of the vegetables and and rice <laughs> well, that's great yeah. you know we all have There's... different bodies and we all have different needs and you need to a understand what those needs are and sometimes it's good to conduct an experiment on yourself with how you eat and what you eat and how much and you know those types of things and there are different diets that are necessary for different people that's good to be conscious about what serves your body best right so when you're with your business and um, when you are working with your clients, you are taking into account their dietary plan and as well as their physical you know, aspects, but you also incorporate a lot of the mental aspects into your coaching, right? Well, you know, a, a human is a human and it is a constellation of, you know, different facets of being. And, you know, we've, we've talked to other people, some people who are in the mental health fields and, you know, 
your physical health is informs your mental and emotional health to a great degree and it's all related and it loops back and forth they inform one another but you know if you want to be at your peak mentally you want to be at your peak emotionally you need to have a strong physical foundation that gives you the best chance of being at your best emotionally and mentally and um you know i think one of the biggest mindset hurdles that people have is self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that people put aside, they put off, and we come back to the proactive, reactive. And, you know, preventative care is just not sexy. You know, people don't feel urgently like, oh my gosh, I must have more vegetables today. It's not an urgent need when you wake up in the morning. So a lot of people put it off. Um, but that's a little bit like living life on credit. You know, the longer that you put it off, the higher the likelihood that something is going to come up that is chronic or acute that you'll have to deal with. So one way or another, you're going to devote time and money towards your health. And it's nice if you do it proactively ahead of time and save yourself the drama and the suffering and do it ahead of time. And I think one of the, the main hurdles that people have, especially if you're a entrepreneur parent is you're juggling so many balls. You put yourself last, but when you start to put yourself first, when you start to engage in high performance habits and high performance diet, and these don't take a lot of extra time. I mean, the whole point of our business is to save people time and money so that they have more time with their families, more time to do what they love. So we're not talking about layering uh, just another thing to do on your already too long list. But when you start taking care of yourself, you start to face all of your self-sabotage pattern. Mm -hmm. It just brings them up. And so when people start to on, on that path of preventative care, of high performance, these things come up, we deal with them, and then it filters out into all aspects of their lives. So mindset is inevitable. If they're doing the work, things will come up. If they continue to do the work, they'll resolve them, they'll grow, and they'll become the person that they have wanted to be. So you can, because they work in conjunction, work from any angle. And we're trained as yoga instructors and Reiki practitioners and transcendental meditation. uh, And we understand, I think, if you look at perhaps metaphysically how reality is created, you know, you have some thoughts, they come out then in words, those words drive our actions and inform our actions. Those repetitive actions then become part of our character, which then becomes part of our personality and defines who we are. So if you go backwards through all of that, you know, it kind of the mind is a really important part of all this, right? But you can work on the physical body to get into the mind, or you can work in the mind to get into the physical body. And likewise, the emotional body is a huge portion of all, a huge part of all this as well. And it's not really possible to separate out any one of those. But oftentimes, if we do focus on the physical aspects or the physical changes, the results that you get are very tangible and very quick. I know I sat meditation for 15 or 20 years before I thought, geez, maybe I have a little half a clue on what's going on with the meditation thing, what my goal is, and even what my mind might have to do with it. That's not something that, you know, unless maybe you've had some background or some training or some support is something that you might get in just 15 minutes a day. But if you're eating a very poor diet and you take out the things from your diet that are really de-energizing you and really kind of clogging up and mucking up your system. And you replace those things with that are super high energy. You're going to see results very quickly. I mean, tell us about nitric oxide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the tips that we often provide for our clients and is in some of our social media too, we come around to it now and then, is nitric oxide. It's a chemical in our bodies. And what it does is it opens and relaxes our blood vessels. It's a neurotransmitter. It supports our immunity and our ability to attack pathogens. Um, And it helps build our mitochondria, which in all of our cells, the mitochondria produce the energy. They make the ATP, they fire up everything. 
So nitric oxide is just this massive energy boost, but unlike caffeine, it doesn't make you jittery. It doesn't disturb your sleep. Because it helps open and relax blood vessels, it can often lower blood pressure. It can be soothing and calming while at the same time helping you have balanced energy and great focus. And there are some foods that are particularly high in it. And when we eat them, they um, support our nitric oxide levels. And those are beets, watermelon, um, the dark leafy greens, kale and arugula. And those are just so awesome for giving you a huge energy boost in the afternoon. Now, some afternoons, um, we, have a, we have a juice bar not too far away. This lovely lady makes this juice and we get it. It's beet and watermelon, and then we'll add either orange juice or carrot. And when Marcus brings me home a nice, nice cup of this juice, I'm energized for hours, but it's never jittery. Like, it's just amazing that you can have this instant boost of energy. And it's not, I mean, entrepreneurs, like we think are the pro athletes of the business world. And pro athletes of the sports world have been using this for a long time. You know, beet juice is kind of one of the buzzwords of, you know, the last year or so, because it helps them recover faster. It helps give them more energy. It helps bring more oxygen. Actually, it helps diffuse more oxygen into your cells. So the sports world has been using it, but hey, we can steal from them because we're the pro athletes of the business world. Oh, that's wonderful. I have been drinking beet juice since 2009. So <laughs> I didn't know that watermelon. I can totally tell. And how you say it gives you energy. Well, my three-step kids go crazy when they, when they <laughs> eat a lot of watermelon, especially now that it's in the summer. And I actually had some today. And so that's good to know is I love watermelons. And it's plus like it gives you water. <laughs> you know? Fluids. And, you know, there, there is, I coming around to it and thinking about kids and watermelon and energy, there is a fair amount of sugar in that. And some people might go, oh, well, wait, too much sugar. I don't want to spike my blood sugar. Well, a really easy way to help keep your blood sugar level is to just have a handful of nuts before you have your juice. They're high protein, they're high in healthy fats, and that will help keep your blood sugar level if you have a drink that is higher in sugar. And a little bit of science data, people who consistently eat about a handful, two tablespoons of nuts per day, not the salty or sweet ones, but just plain old nuts, live an average of almost three years longer than the non-nut eaters. So nuts are incredible. And I just read a study this week about how different nuts have different effects on your brain waves. Some promote delta brain waves, some promote alpha brain waves. Very interesting to start looking at how food affects your brainwave patterns. Pistachios were high on the list. Huh? Pistachios, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that they're always super high. I, I, that's that's actually really interesting. And again, my son is allergic to nuts, and so I'm like, I'm always looking for things that you know he can eat that can give him these boosts. What is something that's comparable to nuts? Do you know? Um, what about seeds? He's allergic to seeds. Nuts and nuts, seeds. seeds and legumes. All and three. Legumes. And dairy. So he's allergic to all the toppings. Yeah. So wheat, dairy, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, legumes, shellfish. Uh -huh. Well, then your next um, high protein, because that's, you know, in the plant world, what he would be most efficient in without being able to eat the foods you mentioned, he would be looking at some of the whole grains like teff and quinoa and millet for oh, your grain sources. We love it. I know you're so good. I really appreciate your proactiveness around health and supporting yourself and your son. Um, and then the dark leafy greens, and they're higher in protein and iron than a big old steak. Um, so the, that's your next um, high density nutrient and high protein option. We just found in our um, local grocery store here in Ecuador, uh, what would you call them? Kale chips? They're not even, um, they're, not even they're like sprinkles. Spice section, they're kale sprinkles. Kale, kale sprinkles. And 
I we we got them home and tasted them, and I'm like, man, these must have so much sugar in them. And we looked at it, and it's nothing but kale, and it's just dehydrated kale that's in very small pieces that we've now been adding to salads adding we'll we'll add them to lasagna we'll add we've been adding them to smoothies we've been adding them to everything and kale is one of the best things that you can possibly eat and we were blessed to be living in the pacific northwest when we lived in the united states where kale grows all year round so we we eat so much kale we kind of get sick of it at some point but this this was just an amazing i'd never seen little kale sprinkles anyplace and and so now I'm really excited idea. to figure out all the ways we could use them. On uh, the smoothie this morning that he made for our sort of mid-morning snack, it was beautiful green in contrast with our melon banana smoothie. So the dark green, you know, the dark green leafy vegetables are great. And, you know, they're not always everybody's favorite. So dehydrated kale chips, chard chips, you know, with a bit of olive oil and maybe some nutritional yeast or, you know, some chili pepper, if you like to go uh, in the spicy direction, but you can really, you know, we dehydrate in the oven because our dehydrators in the United States, uh, an awful lot of vegetables, and it just provides another format in a different way to eat something that for us with young boys, you know, we try to change up the consistencies and the ethnic spices and we try to not do the same things over and over again so that we don't get into a food rut. Um, and and these kale chips or these kale sprinkles are have been really <laughs> exciting. <laughs> it's a good way to get it's a good way, you know, especially if there are people out there who don't like kale. Um right. you would never know they were kale. It. Uh, you know, like I used to sprinkle stuff into my son's um wheat ground turkey. I would sprinkle in a bunch of like. Uh, different types of vegetables or like I would chop them up really fine and add them and he's yeah. been eating them but then when I have my step kids they were like totally vegetable deficient and so like now I'm just so proud of them because I've been incorporating more and more and more and now they're like oh we want this and we want that so I'm going to try those kale you know flakes <laughs> yeah. well done you awesome that's so smart. There are so many ways to sneak more whole foods into a diet. And that's actually one of our specialties and working with families is actually, you know, it's, it's ninja parenting tips. Yeah. <laughs> parenting tips to get kids to eat more whole foods, especially vegetables and chopping them up small mm -hmm. is one of them. Chopping them or blending them and slipping them into the sauce or you know, it, it's so easy to hide them. Um, Our eight-year-old will tell you that he does not like mushrooms. Actually, he's starting he's, to say yeah. that he likes mushrooms. But for the first seven years, no, I'm not. And he, he ate mushrooms like three days a week. He didn't, he just blended them up in this, you know, the red sauce, the curry. And, you know, you're training up their tongue and their palate, their body to accept this flavor. And sometimes you just have to short circuit the mind. You just have to keep by the mind in order to get it into the body, right? Right. And it, that goes back to our earlier conversation about taking small steps to be proactive, you mm. know, raise your vibration as an entrepreneur to be opening your mind Yeah. and then yeah. taking care of yourself. That is ultimately, you know, experiencing life the way that it should be because you've got, you know, you've got all these little small steps that are making you better and you're mm -hmm. better you know you're and that's what you guys helped your clients with yeah I believe, <laughs> absolutely and we believe firmly in affirmations and meditation and you know working on the mental body too um self-sabotage is a problem that we all have right at some level or lack of self-love or lack of self-gratitude and those are certainly things that we need to cultivate and work on for our mental body but when you feel good when you feel like you're knocking things off your list of things list of things to do when you feel energized it's amazing how that self-sabotaging little voice in your mind starts to get a little bit softer or you don't hear it as often you don't choose to hear it um, or you're creating your own affirmations because you recognize like you did proactively with your foundations that I am walking the dog three times a day and getting some exercise and I am drinking more water and, and all of these things are helping me to feel better. And when I feel better, I'm much less, I'm, I'm much more likely to feel self-gratitude and self-love and to accept myself for the choices that I'm making than to continue to try to sabotage myself. 
Um, and so, you know, those little little steps are critically important. That's how you begin a thousand mile journey, right? Is by with one small step and you never know where it could lead you. But we think it can always lead you to better health if you make certain choices. <laughs> well, I absolutely loved my conversation with you guys today. I mean, I can feel like I can talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so we could go on and on. I know, right. So if our listeners are interested in working with you, how can they find you? I mean, we're going to share your information in the show notes and everything else, but thank you. Know, you. We're going thank to you. thank you. Well, our website is yourveganfamily.com. And there's loads of resources and information. We even have some of our high-performance recipes there. Um, and a high-performance recipe is different from just a normal recipe because it has to click off at least 10 criteria that supports your high-performance. And not all recipes can do that. Not all meals can. So that's um, how we qualify those. So that's a great way to find us. And then we're also online. We're on all the social media. You know, Your Vegan Family is a great way to find us there. But on Facebook, um, Stacy Noggle, you can look me up. Marcus, bless his soul. We'll never be on Facebook, but I'm, I'm towing the line for us um, on there. And we do have a Facebook group, and it's geared primarily towards mompreneurs or parentpreneurs. Uh, that help them juggle and balance the self-care, the business, the family, and all those things that it can be hard to keep all those balls in the air at once. So we provide trainings and resources and information, tips and strategies that help them become more successful in their lives and reach their goals faster. So that's a great way. I think you're going to leave that link. Um, that's just a super way to connect in with us and you know, always feel free to send us a message where we are just thrilled when we see people thriving and excelling and doing more of what they love. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories and your knowledge. And I mean, I just, I can't wait to have you guys back on here to see, <laughs> you know, we're progressing in our businesses. So well, we're happy to do a part two. Usually people do call us back for another episode or two. We're happy to, happy to do it. Yes. One of the other characteristics in the blue zones that they looked at for the longest living people with the highest quality of life was that these people were valued, integrated members of a community. They were seen, they were loved, they were heard. They really felt like, you know, that they were in community. And it's really a blessing for us to be a part of your community um, and to be seen and heard by you and your listeners and um, to share with you. And so this has uh, been just a wonderful time with you and we'll look forward to whatever comes in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so glad that you are a part of my community. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of the HeartSong Entrepreneur was brought to you by our sponsors, Legal Contract Factory, who provides easy-to-use, customizable legal templates, and Vialba Law Firm, providing heart-centered legal to conscious entrepreneurs. Check out the links in the show notes to connect and download some cool freebies. Thank you for joining me, Shannon Vialba, in this episode of the HeartSong Entrepreneur. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. If you enjoyed today's show, we'd love for you to rate us and give a review. Reviews are one of the major ways that our platforms rank their podcasts. So even though it only takes a few seconds, it really does make a difference. Until next time, stay happy listening to your heart song and keep building that dream.